0: Hi there, this is Ralph. And this is Jim. And welcome back to Psychology Takeaway. We
1: might be blasting people's ears, Ralph. Oh, might we? Let me just turn this down a touch.
0: Okay, sure thing.
1: How about that intro? You can tell that we're at the university again with our fine equipment, and I think we blasted people with the intro music too.
0: We probably did, yeah. we tend to either have uh, things too loud, too soft, or unintelligible. <laughs>
1: We've got to get into the Goldilocks zone, right? Right. Okay. Just right. Just right. Now, it's kind of interesting talking about blasting people. Uh, we're in the second uh, of our ser- second podcast of our series on um, sensitivity, highly sensitive people, and it's interesting that uh, Sheila got more out of the first uh, part of the the podcast than she usually does. She thinks that this is an important subject because she sees herself as a highly sensitive person.
0: And I haven't given the uh, test to my wife Karen yet, but she also is, I know, a highly sensitive person. Uh, Just from uh, her unusually abrupt startle reaction to loud noises. Uh Aha, okay. Like what? Well, like I dropped a book on the floor the other day. You dropped a book on Karen? No, on the floor. Oh, okay. And the book landed with a thump and Karen was two rooms away and I could hear her go, oh my.
1: Okay. Well, maybe she thought it was you that had hit the floor. <laughs>
0: Could be. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> and it, well, and she was concerned. Yeah. She didn't applaud that you hit. Maybe hit the floor. No. Okay. So we've gone through this list, uh, about halfway through, and some of the the hallmarks of the highly sensitive person are, I think, pretty great like I have a rich complex inner life but some of them can be a little bit problematic as we talked about like um, the the example that you used hearing a loud thump so that's kind of ex- yeah. experiencing sensory uh,
0: bright lights, strong smells coarse fabrics mm-hmm. sirens yeah uh, you know Karen and I live uh, fairly close to a, a major road in town here. We're only three blocks away. And often ambulances or fire trucks or police uh, go by with their sirens on. Uh-huh. And that always startles Karen. She's very sensitive to uh, to that. And one of the things that's that's interesting to me, although her... Hearing is probably better than mine is, uh, is I can tell uh, fire truck, ambulance, and uh, police siren apart. Uh-huh. She can't. Oh, okay. They're just loud, uncomfortable noises mm-hmm. to her. Okay. Well, we'll look at the rest
1: of our, our list here. Um, we've gotten down to, I think, number 14. Uh, I get rattled when I have to do a lot of things in a short period of time. Well, I think that, that's kind of most of us, right?
0: I think, yeah, you know, although um, I know some people who, uh, who really find it very difficult to uh, get a set of uh, priorities. So, you know, they might make a list of things to do and they end up saying, well, I've got seven things to do in the next uh, hour. What do I do first? and they have trouble getting that uh, that choice made. But uh, other people say, well, I, I've got my list here, and they just go through and put one, two, three, four, and can pick out what is priority, and then kind of, if I don't get to number seven, well, it's no big deal.
1: hmm Well, and I, I also think, suppose you're driving on the highway, the 401 in, in Ontario, and um you um blow a tire in your car there's a um a fire truck right behind you and there's smoke coming out of your your uh ho- the hood of your car that would be many things happening at the same time right so what do you do you know well get off of the 401
0: yeah you know. and uh probably as soon as you can and you know maybe
1: get out of the car
0: maybe get out of the car yeah.
1: yeah unfortunately you're in the far left lane you know and it's going to take you a long time to work your way over to the right now well, anyhow that i think would be an example of having too many things all at, kind of all at once yeah you know you don't really have time to prioritize you have to make a snap decision right okay and you know we've talked about how that's sometimes good to be able to make snap decisions. Remember last week we were talking about sitting around the fire and hearing roar,
0: no? Yeah, yeah. Um, Is it the the wind in the trees or is it the tiger? Well, if you make a decision that it's a tiger and you run into the cave and it's only the wind. No big deal. No big deal.
1: If you decide it's the wind and and you sit there and here
0: comes the tiger, Bye-bye, Ralph. Bye-bye, Ralph. Your, uh, your dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
1: another one here. Um, I try to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things. You know, I think that's reasonable. I try to uh, avoid forgetting things. Yeah. You know, I try to avoid making mistakes. However, if I do make mistakes. I do forget things. Now, am I going to let it bother me? No. The highly sensitive person might, though, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, again, I know people who, if they they make a mistake, even though it's a relatively minor mistake, they might say three days later, "I remember making that mistake. I was really, you know, that was that was something I shouldn't have done." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm saying, "Mistake? What mistake? <laughs> you know?"
1: Yeah. Now, I can remember as a student I made a mistake uh, on a uh, an IQ test. I made a mis- an error in prorating IQ scores. Uh, I've never forgotten that, and after making that mistake, I have never made that mistake again. Uh huh. So, being sensitive and learning from you know past mistakes is something that I think is worthwhile
0: yeah for example, uh, I myself never forget a mistake, so I am able to keep repeating the same things <laughs> over and over
1: the The next one is kind of a, an interesting one. Sheila and I were talking about this just this morning. uh I tried to avoid violent movies and t v shows Well, this week, we did something that we we seldom do. I know I think you do it, you and Karen do it, and that is kind of binge watch yeah uh-huh. okay or well, we looked at two. Series now two years of of, uh, a a Brit show called Shetland. It's Uh it's a detective show set in the uh, the Shetland Islands. You know Shetland ponies. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, and um, it was particularly it it was kind of gory and kind of violent, very, and uh, Sheila cannot get some of those images out of her head. You know, just from watching for a few hours. We're not talking about severe PTSD where you're in Iraq and you're getting bombed, you know, three days in a row. But this is just a a TV show. And uh, so, again, it was something that we seldom do and probably won't be doing again for
0: quite a while. Yeah, well, Karen has great difficulty watching uh, violent TV shows. Because the images linger with her, uh, maybe even in her dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't find that that is something that troubles me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, that I don't know whether that suggests that I'm not a sensitive person or that I just have uh, maybe uh, hardened myself to say I can do this. Mm-hmm. You right. know. Um, uh, i don't know
1: you're about as sensitive as a bri- brick ralph uh
0: okay <laughs> i'll take that brick okay. by
1: brick. brick okay you know another thing that's on the list is that when there's a lot going on around me uh i get a, sort of an unpleasant arousal we went into sherwin williams paint store yesterday you know we're remodeling this uh, new house and we need paint for my office sheila's office and the master bedroom everything else is taken care of in terms of paint uh have you been into sherwin williams paint store lately
0: uh about a month ago
1: wow i have not been in a paint store in years i was blown away by the uh variety of colors that are available oh yeah Sheila was very (laughs) blown away by it you know uh, she did something like this she kind of squinted and and, uh, you can't see what i'm doing but i'm sort of putting my hand over my eyes kind of to cut down on the visual um stimulus yeah uh, yeah. that was kind of a a, a, an automatic response that uh, we were there for about 20 minutes Mm, that was enough yeah (laughs) completely overloaded yeah okay
0: um and you know one of the interesting things about about that uh just to give you an example, if you said uh, if you went into a paint store today and said, uh, "I uh, I have an office that I wanted I want to paint uh, oh, a uh, a nice uh, quiet but uh, definitely yellow." Okay. The paint store people could show you. Probably at least 150 varieties of yellow.
1: Yellow. <laughs> We've seen it. That was one of the choices that Sheila was trying to make. The thing that blows me away, Ralph, is that uh, you say, I want some white paint. And they can show you 100 different varieties of white.
0: White paint, you know. yeah.
1: So I would not want to be a, uh, a paint salesperson, I don't think, if I were a highly sensitive individual. You know, There's just too much going on. Yeah, the something else that is kind of interesting. We're down the list a little bit. Changes in my life shake me up. Yeah, you know that happens to most people. You know, very few people like change.
0: Yeah, people naturally resist change.
1: Yeah, but the the only person that enjoys change is a wet baby. Yeah, but the changes that we've seen, you know, it used to be, it was looking at, or thinking about the book Future Shock. Remember
0: that one? I remember that one, yeah.
1: So Toffler, from a, what, the point of view of the 1970s, was looking ahead and predicting what kinds of things we might begin to see. And I should go back and read that book again, just see how much has come to pass. But we do have uh, autonomous cars now, right? Right. Yeah, we do have uh, AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We've got... Uh, a lot of um, uh, people who are using computers, you know, he called them prosumers, we mean mm-hmm. producers and consumers. So a lot ha- has happened um, that in the last, let's see, if, if you think of the 1970s, well, a lot's happened in the last 50 years. Yeah. I wonder if more has happened in the last 50 years now than in previous 50-year periods, you know, back the Middle Ages or something like that.
0: I, I, think, I think that's certainly true, Jim. And, you know, uh, I'm going to give you an example of something that uh, my dad was born in 1901. So he literally went from, uh, through the course of his life, the first airplane taking off, uh, heavier than air craft, uh, the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk. To man landing on the moon. Now, he died about 25 years ago. Uh, And uh, probably in the last 30 years of his life, or maybe as much as 40 years, more change happened in our world than had happened in all of his life, including the age of flight.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah. I think that's something that a, a technical historian could look at. In fact, if any of our listeners have a handle on you know how much change and uh, have we had in the last ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years? You know, get, send us an email. Let us let us know. We'll we'll interview you. Um, another thing that we have with highly sensitive people is that they might. Um, uh, enjoy, oh, delicate tastes, um, delicate sounds, fine works of art. I mean, very positive, mm mm-hmm. and the converse might be, you know, they, they look at an Andy Warhol painting and you know, not get it, right?
0: Not get it or get it and say, yeah, but it's so trivial. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, uh, the other thing, um, a lot of highly sensitive people uh, find that they arrange their lives to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations, mm-hmm. uh, including, for example, uh, things like, uh, let's say you're, uh, you're dealing as a, uh, a high school teacher with a student who comes in and they have a major life problem. Okay. Now
1: what do you say? What does this person say? I don't want to hear about it?
0: Well no, they don't do that. What they say is, you know, let me help you and they do their best to to help the student. Uh-huh. And then for the next month Uh-huh. They
1: take the problem home with
0: them. They take the problem sure. home with them and they're sitting at home saying, I I wish I could have done more. I did everything I could, but this problem of somebody else is still nagging at me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in psychology, when we're uh, uh, teaching people to be therapists, we have to teach them how to disengage. You know, you take your best shot and yeah. move on. Move you, on. You want to be able to learn if you did make a mistake, but this uh, obsessive navel gazing doesn't work. Okay. Um, Another one that is on the list and it's kind of similar to what we've talked about before is that uh, the highly sensitive person might try to avoid chaotic situations um, you
0: know, not not a good candidate to be taken to a rave a rave a rave you know the
1: the dancing yeah the yeah. dancing
0: okay. uh, uh, disco ball uh <laughs> d j mm. and uh Probably you're going to see uh, half the audience uh, using some sort of mind-altering uh, substance. Oh, okay, yes, and uh,
1: I, I wasn't thinking of a rave. I was thinking of taking Sheila to uh, Menards on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, Menards is a big-box uh, hardware store. Hardware store with yeah. lots of stuff going on. Right. Okay.
0: Um. You know, one of the other ones, Jim, that is interesting, and I think we can uh, fit both of our wives who are highly sensitive people uh, into this. uh, Certainly Karen, when uh, she's doing a task (laughs) and I come and she's on the computer doing something and I look over her shoulder, she has often said to me, go away. Oh, yeah yeah not go away as in you bug me but go away so I can finish my job so I can call you in to look at it and give me any input that you might have she welcomes the input but not during the task
1: huh okay yeah I can see that you know if you had an artist who was well painting a sunset or painting a sunrise uh, they probably wouldn't uh, appreciate you coming in and, you know, telling them that there should be a tree over here. Yeah, right. Okay, I get right. it. Okay. Um, how about, I asked you whether you were a sensitive person, and I know you're not a brick I think you're a very sensitive individual, but have, oh, when you were a kid, did your parents or any teachers see you as being shy or or, or sensitive?
0: Uh, You know I don't really remember that Um, and I think they might have done in early elementary and part of that was that um, I was in fourth grade
1: Mm -hmm. when
0: I got glasses okay and I think when I first went to school um, I was my eyesight was so poor that I sat in the middle of the room and I, I didn't say very much. Okay. And I think they, they saw me as shy. Once I could see, I think I became a much more active, uh, perhaps even outgoing kid, uh, and certainly one who was always up to some kind of mischief.
1: Mm-hmm. I can vouch for that, folks. Okay. So, you know, we've gone through this list, and I think we have put a a link up or we will put a link up so that you can take the uh, the, the, the checklist yourself. Now remember that something like uh, 12 or 13 puts you into this sensitive category and we've said before that there are some positives, you know, there are some negatives here too. I mean if you're too threat sensitive, you know, if you're too sensitive to your environment, that could cause some problems, but people who are, are intellectually gifted or you know very creative are going to be sensitive
0: yeah. yeah more in an empathic kind of way right I think so yeah. and you know one of the things about that is uh, people who are sensitive tend to be problem solvers uh, for themselves and for other people and um, problem solving is is good provided that you can say I saw a problem, I solved it, and now I'm going to tell others about it. And I don't care what they think. You know, my solution is a good one, and Mm. and I'm going to defend it. Okay. A lot of people who are highly sensitive have trouble defending a good solution.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, yep. So that uh, you solve a problem for a person, well, you give a person a suggestion, and they don't follow through on it. It happens all the time in therapy. Yeah, yeah. They make their own decisions. They make their own. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: and they have that right. Yeah. But sometimes you say, well, they made the wrong choice, even though they had the right to make it. Oh.
1: Well. But
0: you can't, you can't take that home and mm-hmm. and sit and stew about <laughs>
1: <laughs> We were talking to Sheila on the way to uh, the university today. And she said that she was the poster child for sensitivity. And um, I made a couple of jokes, which which were not very sensitive. Um, But she said, uh, hey, you should interview me. I said, I can't get you to stand still long enough to (laughs) interview you. No, that's not true. So maybe we'll get her in and we'll cap this episode off with, uh, 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 or the series off with episode three. And that is, uh, you know, the poster. A the sensitive, poster sensitive <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. person, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So, one of the things to leave you with is, uh, remember, sensitivity has its own rewards and perhaps its own punishments. <laughs>
1: so, until next time, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, keep your stick on the
0: ice because we're all in this
1: together.